0: Good to have you here tonight. There is um, many among us who are not feeling well, sick, um, or hospitalized, and so we want to remember them in prayer as we mentioned our prayer requests. I mentioned them at the start just so that we can uh, realize how important prayer is. Um, It's just a few gathered in this room today, but we have others gathered in the nearby room And uh, whether there's many or few, you need to realize that um, prayer is powerful and prayer is important and that um, God's work is fueled by prayer. It's his power behind it, um, but it's our prayer asking God to step in. Prayer is that acknowledging that we can't do it on our own and we cry out to God. Even when sinful men cry out to God, In repentance, God hears and he answers. I am, um, my uh, meditation is all through Exodus as we go through that. And and at the start of Exodus, Israel uh, cries out because of the burden, the, the oppression that's upon them. And it says God hears. God hears their prayer and he responds to their prayer. It's like a mother hearing their baby cry. They can't leave that, go. They give attention to that. They stop whatever it is they're doing. Give attention to that baby. God wants us to cry out in prayer. So I'm glad that you're here tonight. And uh, let's not take that for granted. It's so easy to, if we're going to neglect something. I've noticed in in our years of ministry here, if something is neglected, um, it's usually prayer. Think about it. It's not it's not choir time. <laughs> it's 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 not uh, those ministries that's, that are on the forefront. It's usually prayer. I know we can pray at home. We can pray by ourselves. But that does not um, negate the fact that God calls us together to pray. He calls us together. There's an encouragement in us going through together. Now, today what I want to just share with you today is, is a, a little bit of what I've uh, been mentioned in Exodus, and that is that God loves to dwell and commune with his people. We see that in Exodus where um, God sets an appointment with Moses, and he says basically, meet me on the mountain. And one part that we did not emphasize a lot on Sunday, but I want to kind of just go back to it. It's in Exodus 24, um, the last verse, verse 18. Before this verse, we see that God calls Moses up to the mountain, and, and before he gets there, there's this cloud, and, and there's fire along the mountain, Um it says, the, the glory of the Lord, in verse 16, the glory of the Lord um, dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. It says, now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. So it's an awesome sight from Israel's point of view, from the nation's point of view, and a very scary sight, actually, powerful and scary. Um, I have my grandson over the house on Monday, and uh, he just likes pressing buttons. I have this little heater on the wall that uh, is just his height, and he turns the knobs, and I wonder why it's getting warm in the house, and that's because he's going to turn the knob, and, and the heat's gone out. It won't, it's not hot enough to, to burn him, but he, he loves turning that knob. Well, if you don't watch him, he'll turn any and every knob he can get his hands on. And and uh, I was watching him, but you know, he went over by the stove and he tried to turn that knob on, and it just just flickered. But you know how gas stoves are; the the gas can still be coming out for a little bit. By the time I got over and turned it off, it it had flashed like a, pfft, you know, um, and and that's uh, that's a that's kind of a, a scary thing. So when we see fire. It it can have that scary image to us, and I think that's how it was to Israel. It reminded them of the awesome power of God, and they were afraid of it. But notice Moses walks right into it. He has the awesome power of God, and it doesn't deter him from coming into fellowship with God because he has this relationship with God that that at that time nobody else had. It was a relationship where he could come into the midst of God. He can come into the presence of God and commune with Him. It was special. It was special with Moses. Uh, we we recited on Sunday how um, God will commune in a garden with Adam and Eve. He will come to them in the cool of the day. He loved to commune with his people. But what happens is is that we. Um, because of sin, we can see that as a fearful meeting. And I think the the people of Israel saw it that way. They saw communing with God, something that Moses did, as fearful. And they said, oh, we're a little intimidated by that. But the power of God need not uh, intimidate us any more than Wesley is not intimidated by his father. (laughs) And he can run up to his father and be lifted up in his father's arms and enjoy the power of his arms, enjoy uh, uh, being, seeing his dad from high up <laughs> and looking down on him. And so it is with us. We, we, God doesn't diminish his power, but his power is threatening to us when we are in fellowship with him, and he invites us to be in fellowship with him. So as we pray tonight, think of the awesome privilege we have to be in fellowship with God, to speak directly to God in prayer, to talk with him. God invites us to that, and let us take advantage of that. It's just a few of us tonight, but still, it's a powerful time. I want to urge you to pray, to pray for me, pray for our elder and leadership team, pray for the saints who are going through Various trials. Brian's here. He's still not feeling well. Um, we, we, we mentioned in in times in in a week past of, of um, Charles and some of the uh, physical ailments that he's had. He's he's still going to the doctor and getting those things checked out. Want we'll to continue to pray for him, his new wife as well, Wanna we'll keep them as a couple in prayer. Uh, we want to add to the list. Um, um, we have. Um, Michelle and her children are now sick with whatever this is, flu or, or whatever it is that's ailing us. So pray for them. We want to keep in mind in prayer, um, um, Savannah Savannah is in the hospital now and awaiting surgery. So pray for her and, and for the surgery to go well is scheduled for tomorrow. So pray for her in, in your day tomorrow. Keep her in mind in prayer. want to pray for Bonnie, who's in the hospital now, too. And uh, our doctors are seeing how they can attend to her condition. So pray for her and her healing. I um, want to pray for, for Bill as well as he attends to to her. Um, and uh, we just want to keep um, these saints in mind with the, uh, the special needs they have. Do, did I mention, did I, uh, is there anyone else I need to mention Physical uh, needs for prayer. I just got, I did go text Willie has been off for two days with back pain. Okay, so that reminds me of Willie with the back pain. Lawrence is here, but you know he had to leave church Sunday because of back pain, it was. So keep both of them um, in mind in prayer. So, yes, and this was a week or so ago that Jackie Holt um, slipped. On, on ice or snow and, and fell so uh, she's been here since then but just continue to pray for her and, and recovery there um, anybody else um, just want to mention those I know I don't always mention the prayer request but I just want to keep those in front of you pray for us physical uh, needs that I mentioned and, and our spiritual uh, strength as a church Satan would love to to to, to Hobble us so that we are, we struggle to be effective. We pray to God to continue to um, cause us to be effective and effective through our faithfulness. It's it's always a challenge to be faithful. It is always a challenge to be faithful, but it's always a season to be faithful. He says we ought to be faithful in season and out of season. Paul told Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season. It's always a season for us to be. Faithful to the Lord. So let's remind ourselves of that, encourage one another in that, and be in prayer for that.
1: Good evening, Saints. <clears throat> and it's always a good evening being with you, Saints. As we focus on the word. I was sick today. Still sick but. I didn't want to not be here. This is a place. Of healing. Not necessarily with the body. We've had some saints depart from here. This is the place that we feel fulfilled. This is the place where we come to and we do what we're called to do and in that sense when you're doing what you're supposed to do you heal so i thank god for that i thank god for our calling i thank god for this book of hebrews let's remember that it's about three things it is about the son of god jesus it is focused on Jesus, but it's not just focused on Jesus, even though he is one of the three main points of the book. The second main point of the book is there are three ages. There was the age in the past where long ago, many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But today is the second age. He speaks to us by his son about the age to come where we will face God. Three ages. And then finally, how should we react to the Son of God and understanding those ages, we should react with faith, believing in Him. So let's look at this next section here. We're going to be doing smaller chunks. Um, It's just something that I'm working with. It's not the way that you have to divide Hebrews, but I'm working On myself doing smaller stuff because I just don't like to do that. So it's good to challenge yourself with stuff you don't like doing. And we're going to start at verse five. It says, "For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking." There's been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower, little for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now, in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not yet see him everything in subjection to him, but we see him who was for a little while made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Remember, this book is about three things. So let's just focus on the least important part first of those three. And the least important in this section is faith. Where do we see faith in this section? Where do we see faith or where do we see a call for faith? Taste death for everyone. That's true. That is true. But I want you to look at this part. In halfway through verse 8, it says, At present we do not yet see. But well, then in verse 9, but we see. Do you see? Now here's the thing that he's saying here. He says, you do not see, but you see. What is it that allows us to see what we do not see? That's faith. What don't we see? We don't see everything in subjection to him. We see people getting up on the Super Bowl and they twerk and doing stripper songs and saying, you better have my money, right? We see all that stuff. And we know that that's not pleasing to him. And we would say, we don't see everything in subjection to him. So is this verse real, Lord? We have to wrestle with that. Is this real? But then he says, but we see him. And later he says, crowned with glory and honor. We see him crowned with glory and honor. We see that he has tasted death for everyone. And there's a vision of faith that looks forward and in the past. The vision of faith that looks forward says, yes, we will see him reigning over all. But the vision of faith also looks in the past and say, I saw him taste death for everyone. He got on a cross and said, it is finished. He completed his work. But let's look at the second most important part of this passage. I know it may seem sacrilegious to say, but it's just true. The second most important part is Jesus. Where do we see Jesus in this passage? Well, it seems a lot of this is focused on him, Right? In fact, you could almost make an argument. You could say, well, Brian, I think this might be the most important part of this section. And I would argue with you, but you see a lot of Jesus in this section. He's the one that the world is subjected to. He is the one that was made a little bit lower than the angels. He is the one that we don't see everything in subjection to, but we will see reigning in the future. what's the most important part of this passage? It's the three ages. It's the three ages. This scripture that is quoted is an Old Testament scripture. It says, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You crown him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. In the old age, they spoke about Jesus. In the age that was in the past, they prophesied that this one would come. In the age to come, we have seen that Jesus did come and did everything was prophesied of him. But we haven't seen everything fulfilled quite yet. But in the age to come, we will understand that this prophecy that we find in verse 6 through 8 is not speaking about me. It's not speaking about you. It's speaking about a certain man, a certain man to whom all creation has been subjected to, a certain man who for a little while was made Lord in the angels. Now, all of us are always made Lord in the angels. Maybe when we get to heaven, the ranks will change. But as far as I understand myself, I know I can't compare to no angel. Every time men meet angels, what do they do? They always fall down in terror. No man ever saw an angel and said, you know, I could take him. That's not a thought. But Jesus can say, a little while I was made Lord an angel. Just a little while. But in the future, everything will be subjected to me. And in this combination of these three angels, three angels, I'm sorry, we see the suffering of death, but we also see the eternal life that is promised. Do we now taste eternal life? No, we don't. That's why we fear and we pray for one another, right? Because we know any of us could die at any moment. We pray for Sister Bond. We pray for Sister Savannah. because we know tomorrow is not promised. But we know even if they don't make it to tomorrow, they will be in God's hands. And they will taste eternal life. And we'll still be on this side of mortality, won't we? And so in that sense, we thank God for those three ages. So keep on remembering that as we go through the book of Hebrews three points of three ages the son of God and faith